0: Time now for the nationally syndicated radio show, The World of Lori Zook. And now, here she is, the smart, the sexy, the savvy, Divine Miss C.
1: Welcome to my world. Yes, it's me, Lori Zook. And as you know, each week I have a great lineup of guests. And the one thing about doing radio that I really enjoy is that I can pretty much say whatever I want and give my opinion. And I don't follow everybody else. I say what I think. And I'm I'm very fortunate that I have guests that say what they think as well. And my first guest today is, is Sal Gentile. Now, Sal, you know I do a pet segment on every show. And you recently had a very bad experience with doggy daycare. Doggy daycare is where people take their pet, you know, usually, obviously their dog, um, for a number of hours or maybe for a day, and they leave it in the care of people that I'm, I'm going to guess are probably licensed to do this. So I want you to just share what happened with your dog.
2: My wife and I were going on a two-week vacation, and there's a facility right by our home in the Tampa Bay area um, called Preppy Pet, uh, fairly well-known. And um, we have two rescue chihuahuas, both dogs, um, small dogs under 20 pounds, but they have had a very unfortunately um, tough life. One was actually, one came out of a, uh, uh, a uh, it was flea bitten, it was almost um, dead. It, it came out of a garbage dump, nice. uh, but it was nurtured back to health. The second one was living with a homeless man. Its ear it was half off, and it was roaming the streets of Tampa, hiding under cars from the thunder and lightning, and getting, of course, uh, bit by aggressively big dogs. And um, there are two babies, and and uh, we treat them with love and respect, and we know the kind of, of, we think we know the kind of life they've had before, so we try to make a better life for them, of course. We brought them over to Patrick Pet. We gave them six explicit instructions to call us on our cell phones in the event that there might be um, any uh, possible um, uh, you know small injuries to the dogs or sometimes dogs do get sick in places like this and um, two weeks later on the day we were arriving home we did get a call and um, we were told that one of the dogs had a little bug bite Um, The female dog, it's male and female, had a little bug bite on its paw and had a slight limp. And um, when we went to pick up the dog, um, the dog could only walk on three paws. So to us, we brought a dog in there that was not um, crippled and came out partially crippled. Um, In addition, the tail was bleeding. And, as a matter of fact, I still have the blood on my shirt because it didn't come out. And we asked them why the tail was bleeding. They had no idea. So um, we took the dogs immediately to um, our vet and um, found out that the blood bite that we were told the dog was inflicted with was actually um, one broken and one dislocated toe, which might not heal properly. And would take a long time, and the dog would go through some more pain and suffering, um, as it did when we tried us having it. And if, in fact, um, it didn't heal, it would require a $2,000 to $4,000 surgery. Um, it would actually have to um, um, cut the toes off. So we immediately called the owner, and um, the owner denied The fact that um, the dog um, was injured told us that um, when we asked why the dog couldn't walk, she had no explanation whatsoever. When we asked why the dog's tail was bleeding, and by the way, it was a gash in the tail, she had no explanation. As a matter of fact, she didn't even know that the tail was bleeding, and we had to ask her to check with her technician, who's supposed to be an expert, at dogs, that's why they work there, and there was no communication between the two to find out that this had even happened to the dog, which I would think an owner would want to know. So we explained that as time went on, the dog may need surgery, and actually we called her from our veterinarian's office and had the vet talk to her directly because she couldn't believe that the dog had this sustained this type of injury. So when the vet explained to her how serious it was, um, we, t- we explained we would come back with x-rays, and she um, basically had a conversation with me after that and said, don't bother coming back with it. I can't afford to pay for this. And the, my first question was, well, do you have insurance? And she said, no, we are not insured. And I was shocked. I couldn't believe that. No. My wife was shocked. And just.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's surprising now. I, I, I'm i not sure, but I'm going to guess that. It, it's almost like a kennel. I'm thinking that this type of business probably has to be licensed. And this company, were they part of a franchise?
2: Yes, yeah, Prairie Pet is a franchise with different um, franchise locations, um, as I know, it, at least around the Florida area. Um, there's actually yeah. one up in Lady Lake, Florida, um, by Ocala, and... Um, there are probably several more in the area, and um, owned, um, I would think, by one um, franchise owner. So, so that was very depressing, um, finding out about the insurance. The, the, immediate, the first thing we did immediately was, um, which people should do, and we've learned, um, um, who, who want to leave their dogs in places like this, um, go on sunbiz.org, Find out if if they're um, registered um, on Sunbiz.org, and um, um, there are other things that that um, that we did in the future when we had to leave our dog in a kennel, um, or I should say doggy daycare again. And these are some of the things that um, we did that we know other people should do, and we learn unfortunately by um, example, and that is a. Um, make sure you, you you take a tour of the facility. Um, you want to make sure that it's clean and you want to see exactly how they cage the dogs, how they're separated, uh, are they in cages, are there runs? Um, is it a clean facility? B, the techs. You want to make sure that these techs are experienced and they're not just um, school children um, as we found out there were in Preppy Pet that are hired to, um, during the summer to just watch the, uh, watch over the animals with no, um, really no experience at all. So you want to find out, of course, if they're insured. Um, uh, the other thing uh, you definitely want to find out is if they ask you up front for all of the paperwork um, for the dog's um, rabies vaccine, um, injections, those types of things, which are extremely important. Um, do you want to um, even go as far as as people coming out of the facility to question them and ask them what they what they think of uh, of, of their experiences there with their dogs? And um, even you can actually go on the internet. Internet can find you know help you find out a good detailed amount of information about a particular place. You can see what kinds of opinions or what kinds of pros and cons people are writing about that particular facility. So, um, in general, those are things that we've learned um, from this experience to do. As it turned out, um, the dog's foot was getting better, but it hadn't healed, and I called the manager back up. And, again, asked the manager if she would um, pay if, the, if, in fact, the dog uh, actually sent a letter to her asking her if she would um, compensate us for the, for the damage um, and, B, asking her again why the tail had a gash in it. Um, never heard a word from her, so I called her on the phone. And basically, um, she explained to me that she was having a lot of problems with her family, with illness, things that um, were unfortunate, but um, did not want to really hear because I didn't bring my dog in there, you know, um, in in good condition and and walking healthy to walk out on three legs to find out about, you know, an illness in her family.
1: Yeah. So... What you're saying is, yeah, I'm going to jump in here for a moment, Sal. But what what you're saying are all good points. Especially, I know you care for your dogs the same way that I do. And, you know, circulating amongst Facebook, I see stories like this all the time. People have brought their, their pet into a daycare or I've actually seen them, uh, you know, like in, in the the grooming division of some of these larger pet stores where the dog is either either being abused in some way or maybe in, in your case, it sounds like maybe the dog actually got got hit or, or injured by a larger dog. So I, you know, part of the due diligence process here is one of the things I do is I, I do the research actually before I do anything. I unfortunately can't travel because I have dogs and I don't want to leave them in the care of anybody. And I'll just quickly tell you a story. It happened about, mm, about 12 years, 10 years, about 10 years ago, did go on vacation, had one great day at the time got a reference from a friend of mine who also had Great Danes. She recommended this this lady who would come over to my house uh, for a relatively, you know, a, a fair price for 10 days and would take care of my Great Dane. She would live at the house. She'd go to work. She'd come home and she'd take care of the dog. Well, 10 days come and go. I haven't, you know, we called every day. She's, the dog is fine. The dog is fine. Everything's fine. Now, I also had a neighbor who had a key to my house. And he was checking during the day. And he should have called me. And He said he should have called me. When we got back, my dog was 12 pounds thinner and shaking. What apparently happened was this girl worked two jobs. She came home 11 o'clock at night and she left at 6 o'clock in the morning. And you can't leave a pet alone for that many hours especially not a needy great dean and i slapped myself silly and went what was i thinking i went back to the the friend and said i would never use this person again my dog could have died could have bloated i wouldn't have known so i don't you know in that case shame on me But when you go to a company that, you know, probably has to be licensed, and you can check that in Florida through MyFloridaLicense.gov, the insurance, I think, is really important. And if you get a copy of the insurance policy, which is something I would ask for in the future, I'm the kind of person that actually calls up the insurance company and says, is your policy, you know, still valid right now? Because some of these companies and these people, they're doing it for the money. They're not doing it because they love the pets. And that's the part, I think, that people need to see when you go to one of these companies. So, you know, I think your points are really well taken. And I want to thank you for, for being on the show and sharing your story, Sal.
2: Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure being on the show. And uh, I appreciate um, the fact that I was able to share this story with you. And um, um, just um, to end the story on a positive note, the dog seems to be fine right now and, and walking. But um, I just wonder how many other stories um, people would like to share from that Um
3: Yeah. Well,
1: if I get any calls in or any messages on this, I always do pet advocacy on, on every show. I think it's an important topic. And thanks for bringing it to light.
2: Well, thank you so much.
1: All right. And we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us.
3: Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharp Line's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop facts and intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert fact finding, turn to Sharp Line Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit sharplineinvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042.
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500. 500 6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15 minute consultation. Don't delay call today.
1: Welcome back to the world of Lori Zook. On a recent show, I spoke with my friend Brian. Very sad case. Brian is a wonderful person, had some very serious medical issues that prevented him from working. And he went through a very large, what I call cattle call type of law firm, uh, known for heavy advertising and basically just getting as many people as they can come in. And I kind of had a bad feeling when he let me know that he was applying for disability benefits that way. And unfortunately, and sure enough, uh, that attorney lost the hearing. So I recommended him to an attorney named Larry Desparty who has a stellar reputation for Social Security disability here in Florida. And I want to kind of follow up to that original story because Brian is, is still waiting. But Larry, you're with me now, correct?
5: Yes, ma'am. How you
1: doing? Uh, I'm doing good, and I'm so happy that you're helping him because this is someone who has paid into the system and is now fighting, or you're fighting for him, to try and get him his benefits. So I kind of want to lead in here with, you know, how can someone determine if they might be eligible for Social Security Disability?
5: Sure. So there's two types of programs with the Social Security Disability. Uh, one is SSI, uh, and that program itself is for people who have not worked Uh, So essentially, uh, how you qualify there is it's more of an income base. You know, you have to show that you're unable to hold down a job, um, but you also have to meet certain financial requirements, uh, such as not having more than $2,000 in the bank or having a certain number of other assets uh, worth a certain value. Uh, The other program is uh, the actual Social Security Disability Program, uh, and that's basically uh, based on not only your disability, but the amount of time that you paid in to Social Security during your working lifetime. Um, So the qualifications are, one, once you get through the hurdles of the financial end of things, it's uh, are you uh, able to sustain full-time work on a regular basis? Um, And a lot of that is uh, through your medical records and the type of uh, illness or or, or injuries that you have um, kind of determine your, your eligibility.
1: Okay, now I've heard, and I, I've heard this for years, that Social Security automatically denies disability benefits at the first hearing. Is that true? Is it typical? Is it not true?
5: Uh, it's not true. I think what, uh, what people get confused is when, you know, the very first step in applying for your disability benefits is making an application. Uh, statistically, on the national average, uh, about 70% of all claims get denied on that very first application. Um, and so once that happens, uh, you have to appeal that, and, and you only have 60 days to make that appeal. Uh, the next step is called the request for reconsideration. What happens, unfortunately, that I see a lot is people get denied at this first application, and then they give up. They think that um, they've been denied, they they no longer uh, uh, should pursue it and let it go. And then I see a lot of people uh, you know, losing their homes, losing their medical benefits, and a lot of bad things. And then they come back to me uh years later and say, yeah, I just thought I didn't qualify, so I stopped. Uh, and truth of the matter is, and we we take the case back on and and, and we work through uh, the appeals for them and, and ultimately get them the benefits. But um, so I hear that a lot myself. Uh, uh, it's just more of a, it's not automatic. Uh, There's people who get awarded right away, but um, the vast majority of people get denied the first time around for sure.
1: Okay. Now, you know, you heard me mention uh, on the lead into this segment and, you know, I'm sure you know a law firm I'm, I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah you know, I, and they do a lot of advertising on on the radio, tremendous amount of advertising everywhere, anywhere, billboards, you see them all over the place. They And I will tell you just through my network of people working as a consumer advocate, I, they don't have a good reputation, but they try to make it sound like they do. And so... I don't know if if because they have probably a thousand or maybe more, maybe two thousand attorneys um, working for them in different areas of Florida. Do, I don't know quite how to word this to you, but these companies that do this that have a tremendous amount of attorneys, it seems like they just don't put as much work into the case as maybe a smaller or independent type attorney might. That you know that that's concentrating on this specific niche. So, just your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah. So I, you know, I think a few things. I mean. Um it's, it's tough to say based on someone's size if they're good or not. You know, I know some very good firms that are very large, and I know some really bad ones that are very large, and vice versa, small ones that are, are not that great. But, um, uh, but to your point, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times consumers don't have a good resource. They don't have someone they could turn to, to for a recommendation for a lawyer who has some experience with a lawyer. And so they sort of they fall into that trap of just the advertising and, and calling them. Um, I, I think the bigger concern that I that I see with a lot of this is um, some of the bigger national, especially with social security disability. There's a lot of national firms that you can operate in, in pretty much any state uh, in the country, and uh, you know I would say that uh, you know if you can't go into your lawyer's office and sit down and speak with one, uh, whatever you want, uh, that's probably a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a situation where um, you know, you're not getting returned phone calls for for weeks on end I mean that's that's another red flag um, and, and I would just be careful you know just you know it's it's uh, just because you see or hear what they're telling you you know be prepared you know before you hire a lawyer you know have that list of questions you know ask them how many cases they've handled ask them their winning percentage ask them how long they've been doing uh, social security disability because well, it may not be as popular as uh, personal injury or, or car accident lawyers that you see everywhere. Uh, Social security disability is a very complicated area of law, and so you really want to uh, find someone that had that experience and has done many hearings.
1: Um, right. I mean, unless you know somebody, if you think you're you're in this type of situation, um, and you might have know somebody who's in the same situation to be able to get a referral if they were happy with their case, what do you think about using the website? Like, I'm familiar with AVO, com. I like that website because it allows, first off, allows all all of you attorneys to respond to questions, but it also gives ratings. But how much should we play into those ratings? Somebody can have lots of five-star ratings, but what does that mean?
5: Yeah, you know, so uh, I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to, you know, I I don't, I wouldn't recommend putting a whole lot of uh, stake in that stuff because I, as a business owner uh, and an attorney who's uh, who's on uh, AVO, You know, there's a lot of things that the consumer doesn't know behind the scenes, and how lawyers are getting those ratings, um, and how they're being portrayed as a five-star lawyer with all these great reviews, and really, it's it's not necessarily true. There's a lot of ways to um, play games with that, I guess, for lack of a better word. So, so that's tough. You know, it's it's kind of confusing to the consumer that uh, you know I would think, uh, you know, because right now that's everything. Right, you go online to look at reviews, and that's how you become an informed shopper these days, and um, and I do it myself, but I wouldn't put a whole – I mean, it's it's important to look at, but, uh, you know, I would ask around. And, and, you know, when you're about to hire a lawyer, maybe interview a few lawyers, um, not just uh, go basically uh, solely based on an advertisement or, or you know, a, a website review.
1: Right. Those are some good tips. Now, if, if someone's uh – if they think they're disabled and then w- they want to apply, do they have to pay the attorney up front? Are there out-of-pocket expenses for them? Because people might be afraid. They might think, hey, I've got to pay this, this attorney a lot of money. I don't have any money. That's why I'm in the situation I'm in. How does that work?
5: Yeah, so uh, there's no fee uh, unless we win your case. or And this is kind of set up by federal statute. So any uh, Social Security disability lawyer, we all have the same exact contract, same exact fee structure. Uh, and so if anyone tells you differently than what I'm saying, then that they're you know, run the other direction. But there's no fee up front for what we do. Um, our fee comes out of the person's back pay once the case gets awarded. And that back pay, uh, in short, is from uh, essentially the date a judge finds you disabled to the date the case gets awarded. Uh, and So sometimes that could be 12 months, 18 months, um, and you'll get paid a lump sum amount for that back period. Uh, and our fees are 25% of that amount with a cap, meaning it can be no higher than $6,000. Um, and then the government census are checked directly uh, for that. And um, as far as out-of-pocket expenses, uh, the way my firm works is some firms are different. Uh, you know, we do uh, require that the client cover the out-of-pocket expenses, but we do not ask for that until after we win the case and they've gotten money. So uh, some firms will ask for the money uh, as they request medical records from the doctor. Um, you know, and uh, sometimes you know we uh, to help our clients save money, we'll just direct. The client to their doctor to see if, you know, sometimes doctors will give their records to their patient for free. When they see a request from a law firm, they they charge a pretty high rate for those records. So, um, but in short, that's that's
1: how the fee structure works. All right. Now, Jeff's in the studio with me, and he's got a question for you. Uh,
0: Counselor, uh, just a a quick question on disability, the SSI and disability. If someone goes through you, how do they know that they're getting the maximum amount of money through either program and how does one determine what they're owed if uh, they decide to go with you?
5: Sure, so at the very beginning when we uh, take a case on we we like to advise everyone we want to start the case in the very beginning. Um, There's actually some firms that say go make an application and then call us if you get denied but we would rather take you from the very beginning so we can set your application right and get a foundation for your claim uh, on a good footing right from the start. Uh, Essentially, when we make an application, we always apply for both programs, Um, even if we have all the information and know that you might only qualify for one or the other. uh, We we make an automatic application for both just to uh, protect our clients' interest on that end. Everyone who's paid into the Social Security program, you know, we used to get printouts in the mail every year. Now I think it's just online. Um, But in that, uh, your benefits form that tells you how much you've uh, paid in and, and broken down by year. Uh, usually on the top left hand side it says if you became disabled today your benefit amount would be, and then there's a figure there, um, that's essentially uh, what your benefit amount will be once you uh, are awarded disability. Um, it's a little bit off, it's not exact, but, but that's the gist of it. So um, we make sure that we try to go back to as far as we can uh, One of those things is when we first screen a client, we really go through their symptoms and injuries and problems and and try to go back as far as we possibly can in time to ensure they're getting the maximum back benefits as well. Um, Because as you know or or have probably heard, I mean, it's just, it's a tough decision for some people who have worked all their lives to make that decision to go ahead and apply for disability. Um, And a lot of times, time is wasted. They've they've thought about it for months and months and... um, You know, it's a lot of money that some people have lost by not taking action right away, and so we try to do the best we can to recover uh, as far back in time.
0: Does that benefit change over time?
5: It does. Uh, There's an increase, uh, basically the cost of living increase. Uh, On the flip side, there's a potential where if you've worked an awful, if you've worked and then you say you stopped working um, and you haven't applied for your benefits, Uh, we've had situations where somebody has stopped working five years ago, and it's taken them five years to say, I want to apply for disability, uh, maybe because they've been living off of a spouse's income or something like that, there is a declining value of that. So uh, their benefit amount, and when you stop paying into the system uh, each year, and I'm not entirely sure how the government calculates it, but each year uh, there is a decrease in benefit amount, which is another reason to, to urge people that if, you've gone out of work because of a disability, you know, time is kind of of the essence to at least get that application started so you're not losing uh, the benefit amount.
1: Gotcha. Now, I know it seems like in Brian's case, it's taking a long time to get, you know, the second hearing, so I understand that's basically a court delay, correct?
5: Yeah, so what we're seeing now is, you know, it started probably four or five years ago. We, We had this kind of a bulge with the baby boomers. There were people who were moving into that category of late 50s, early 60s, and you know we're making a lot of applications for disability it's taken a long time and that's the biggest uh, the frustration for for me as an advocate but also for our clients and I understand it. You know, people are losing you know they have no income they're losing homes cars using up all their savings um, but it's a lengthy process you know it, it could very well be you make an application um, once we make an application the government tells us it's anywhere from 90 to 120 days to get a response Uh, Lately, we've been seeing it closer to 120 days to get an answer. Um, Mm. Again, with the majority of people getting denied, we have to make an appeal. Uh, That appeal, uh, the request for reconsideration, is also another 60 to uh, 120 days. You know, statistically, that that gets denied as well, so then we have to file a go in front of a judge, which is a whole different process. And then that could be right now in uh, Tampa and then St. Petersburg, for example, in those two Uh, hearing offices is taking anywhere from 12 to 16 months from the date we file so it could legitimately take somebody 18 months to two years to just get their case heard in front of a judge
1: and you know and that and and we've got about 30 seconds to the end of the segment but i just i want to thank you but it scares me that people can go homeless they have no money coming in, and they're sick, and, and our system doesn't take care of them. So I hope to have you back again on a future show, because I'd like to cover this topic a little bit more in depth. Um, for yes, a listen- yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. For listeners who are in Florida, uh, Desparty Law Group, how can you be reached, Larry?
5: Uh, 727-600-6000 is our phone number. Uh, go to DesparteLaw.com.
1: Great. Thank you so much for being my guest.
5: Yes, ma'am. My pleasure.
1: Thanks. And we'll get a commercial break. Stay with us.
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500. 500 6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15 minute consultation. Don't delay. Call today. Do you suffer from back, neck, or body
3: pain? Do you suffer from migraines or have jaw or face pain? Has conventional medicine failed you? Were you injured or in an accident? Call chiropractic physician Dr. Dan Maddock at 813-935-1664. Dr. Dan has helped thousands of patients gain relief for more than 30 years. Dr. Dan is caring, gentle, and takes his time with each patient. He's also a past president of the International Craniopathic Society, a special certification of only 300 chiropractors worldwide. Dr. Dan helps patients from the neck up and the neck down. Dr. Dan accepts most insurance plans. Don't continue to live in pain. Call 813-935-1664 today. That's 813-935-1664 and get on track to better health. Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharpline's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop facts. And intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert fact finding, turn to Sharpline Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit SharplineInvestigations.com or call 855 394 0042.
1: Welcome back to my world, the world of Lori Zook. Now in this top ta- in this segment, I've got a special guest, Dr. Dan Maddock. And I've got Dr. Dan on the line because one of the things people always ask me about it is is health. And a lot of times people go for surgery without considering other options. Right, Dr. Dan?
0: Laurie that's correct. Thank you for having me on your show today. I listen to your show often and I just love it.
1: Thank you. Well, I know that you want to speak a bit about maybe medical conditions or situations where people should possibly consider some other approach that's holistic, which is what chiropractic is. When should people think about chiropractic as an alternative to surgery because in my mind if you're going for surgery and you haven't looked into other options, surgery has a lot of downtime. You know, there's a lot of care, it's expensive. So, what do you think?
0: Well, conditions that I see that frequently people go in for surgery for are disc bulges and herniated discs. And chiropractic has a wonderful track record. It actually has a better track record than medications and surgery at resolving conditions of that nature without having to have the long-term downtime and without even having long-term care at our office we don't have long-term contracts we don't force a patient to come in uh, if they miss an appointment no big deal we take care of them we get them well as fast as we can and we use the very best equipment and the very best procedures and frequently we get the patient out of pain without having to have surgery without having to have three to six months of downtime and they're back to work within a few days to a few weeks.
1: Now, one of the things I, I read about you is that you're you're a past president of Sourcey, which stands for the Sacro Occipital Research Society International. And what does that mean? What does that mean to a patient coming in?
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> They're going to hear that. They're going to go, "Oh, what is that? <laughs> what is?" That's it, a it, mouthful. It, it's it's a specific chiropractic technique developed by a man named. Major Bertrand D. Jarnett. Dr. D. Jarnett was an absolute genius. He was an osteopath. He was a chiropractor. And he developed techniques that no one else has thought of, and we use them. They're very gentle. They're non-specific. I tell my patients, here at the Clinic of Chiropractic, we have a clinically proven safe word that prevents me from causing you harm or injury. The safe word is ouch. <laughs> if I do something that hurts, say ouch. And I hardly ever hear it because we, we do things gently. Uh, we do things... so so that we optimize the function of the body, so that we optimize the flex ability, the person's ability to move in all directions. Uh, I tell the patients, I will leave no bone unturned, showing <laughs> you to vibrant health. And we're going to do it without hurting you. We're going to do it without causing you any pain. We're going to try and do it as, so that we don't inconvenience you as much as possible.
1: Okay. Now, one of the things, let, let's say I... I I have a situation where I, I fall into may, maybe I need chiropractic. What happens then with me as a patient? Do you consult with the medical doctor? Do I bring in my x-rays and you know my paperwork to show you? What happens if somebody's sort of borderline and they're not knowing what to do?
0: You come into my office, you're either a walk-in patient or you're a scheduled patient, we don't care. We take care of everybody the same. You walk in, we do a physical examination, we do a consultation, we review any studies, any x-rays, any neurological findings that you've had, we review your history of accidents, how long have you had the condition, what caused it, do you know what caused it, if so, we try to treat it. If it's an auto accident or an injury case, uh, then we know what caused the problem. We evaluate to see if you've had other injuries that might be what we call preexisting or contributory factors. And then we create a plan to try and get you better just as fast as God would let us, as fast as God will let us and as fast as God will help to heal you because you're the healer, not me. I just put things back in alignment. I remold God's clay and you and God do the healing.
1: Now, you also are interesting because you do chiropractic for pets, which most people have never even heard of, right?
0: I believe that canine, humine, feline, or equine, if it has a spine, I'm going to put it back in line to make it feel fun. We okay. wonderful success. We had a, a little paralyzed dog. If you go type in Dan, D-A-N-M-A-D-O-C-K, uh, Dan Maddock on YouTube, you can see some of the videos of the of what we've done with uh, Wally and some of the other canines. Uh, Wally in particular was paralyzed in the low back after he was dropped off at the veterinarian's office on Friday. They picked him up on Monday and he couldn't use his back legs. They took him to Home Depot and the guys at Home Depot made him a wheelchair out of PVC pipe and they brought him into me and seven adjustments and While he's up and walking, and I've got Channel Thirteen in here doing a special on it.
1: Right. So, people, if they want to look for, you know, because this the show is nationwide. I know that you're in central, you know, central west Florida. How do how do you find a good chiropractor? That's my first question. How do you find a good chiropractor if you're if you're not in Florida?
0: If you're not in Florida, you can go to www.sorsi, which is sourcey.com, and at the top of the website, you can click on find a doc and it'll give you somebody anywhere in the United States, Canada, uh, Europe, Australia. I've taught in all of those places and uh, South America. If you just go to those, that website, you can find a chiropractor. Uh, otherwise, you can call the chiropractors in your area and find out how they treat Uh, If somebody's trying to force you into a long-term care or tell you you need maintenance care or you need long-term treatment, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking within three to four or five adjustments, and office visits, you should be feeling much better, and within six to twelve, you should be out the door from that particular problem, and come back anytime you need to.
1: Right, and you bring you bring up
0: else. Otherwise, we try to get them well as fast as we can.
1: Right now, you you just mentioned something good. Within a few visits, you should feel something. And just real quick, I'll share with you. Probably about ten years ago, it was actually when I moved here. I went to a chiropractor in Oldsmore and. I was in and out, I'm going to tell you, in three minutes. And I never felt like I was completely adjusted. And what really disturbed me was... I told them, I'm going to come in once or twice a week, depending on how I feel. Do you know they actually started calling me every day to see when I will be coming in? They wanted me to come in every day. I never felt right. And so that to me was a big red flag that in this particular case for this firm, uh, and they actually did run a lot of advertorials and magazines, they, they were looking for the money. They weren't really looking to take care of me.
0: And that's true in, in some instances where, you know, they, they're, they just run people through and The doctor is just running in, making a a quick adjustment on the spine and running out without doing, you know, testing, without doing it, it. It depends on the chiropractor. It depends on does right. the doctor care about the patient, or does he care about his bottom line? Right. Well, the, and,
1: yeah. The three minutes in and out. To me, said, "You really didn't care care about me." But I think if a doctor is taking their time with the patient and listening to what the patient has to say, rather than just come in, lay down on the table, boom, 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 you're out the door, and you, I didn't even get a chance to talk to you, doc. That, that's a right. that's a, that's a bad sign, right?
0: I have known doctors who walked in and said, no, 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 don't talk to me. They just lay down on the table, do as he did, and ran out. Yeah. I had one doctor that said what he would like to do is be able to just walk by and rattle the doorknob.
1: Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Well, what about pets? If, if they're somewhere else in the country and you're considering chiropractic for your pets, how can you find out more information on that?
0: I was trained by a veterinarian who developed a chiropractic technique. His name is Dr. William Inman. Uh, you can go to his website, which is www.vomtech, uh, Veterinary Orthopedic Manipulation, VOM, was developed by Dr. Inman, who was a chief surgeon, uh, summa cum laude graduate of Washington State uh, Veterinary Hospital, And he was tired of doing surgery on animals. They they don't always respond well to surgery. Uh, It shortens their lifespan. And he developed this technique with a group of chiropractors. And it's safe, it's gentle, it's effective. We use an instrument called a spinal accelerometer. We use an Arconia Class II low-level laser. And we do some myofascial muscle release techniques. And like Wally, within, within a week, two visits, he was starting to walk again. And the response is amazing. Is it always that way? No, but right. then again, we're trying to stimulate the nervous system and help the animal to heal.
1: Right. I saw that video um, that Fox News had actually done on you, and and it was amazing. It was it was truly amazing because people don't even know that chiropractic isn't just for pet for for people. It's for pets. It's for animals with spines. So it's something.
0: To work on horses. I have, a, I have a friend that's trained in this technique that does cows.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's a very interesting topic. I want to thank you very much for joining me today. Why don't you get your phone number in case anyone in Florida is listening?
0: I'm at 813-935-1664. They can go to my blog and get my weekly health updates or my daily health updates at www.drdanielmadockblog.com.
1: Great. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Dan.
0: Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure.
1: You're welcome. And we'll be back in just a moment.
3: I'm Jim Velasquez. Does getting a lousy 1% on your CDs make you sick to your stomach? Inflation is hovering at 3%. So what's really happening? Allow me, Jim Velasquez, to send you my free report. If you haven't reviewed your CDs in a while, don't get this report. It will break your heart. If you want to fight back and beat the bank, text retire to 72727 for this free report. Let's beat the bank. Text retire to 72727 for your free report. Our highly competitive and hectic world is fraught with dishonesty and challenges. Critical decisions must be made on a daily basis with accuracy when substantial assets are at risk. When you are confronted with a decision point involving opportunity and risk, consult with Sharpline Investigations, statewide experts in due diligence, investigations, and litigation support. Sharpline's professionals work with clients to conduct interviews, deep background investigations, and develop factors. and intelligence related to the litigation. When circumstances require confidential and expert finding, turn to Sharpline Investigations, the statewide leaders in investigations and risk mitigation. Visit sharplineinvestigations.com or call 855-394-0042.
4: Are your credit reports a mess? Are debt collectors hounding you? Maybe you're in foreclosure or headed towards foreclosure and don't know where to turn. It's time to stop panicking. Take back control of your life. Make the first step by calling Credit Education Consultants today at 813-500-6064. That's 813-500-6064. Mention the word radio for a free 15-minute consultation. Don't delay. Call today.
1: Welcome back to the world of Laurie Zook. As you all know, I love animals. We love doing animal segments, things about pet advocacy on this show, because I think it's important to help the animals. Animals can't speak. We have to speak for them. There are a lot of abusers out there. Uh, My hot spot personally is Craigslist. Um, They don't accept any liability. They continue to allow people to post against their own policies, and they kind of blow it off. So my guest now is Julie Schott, and I'm going to introduce Julie, but I'm going to have you, Julie, talk a little bit, because you know we met because of Craigslist, in essence. So I want to talk you to talk a little bit about yourself, and what is it that you do?
6: Okay. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, I love animals. I've loved animals my entire life. Uh, I've had dogs since I was born. Families had dogs. I've just grown up around dogs. Uh, went to school to be a veterinary technician, wanted to be a vet, but didn't really want to put in that many years, so I found this great thing where I could go to school for a couple of years and be like a registered nurse for animals, and I did that for um, a good 10, 15 years out of school, and that's that love for animals, even though I'm not a vet tech anymore, has carried through till, till today, and that really just never goes away. I mean, you know, it never, ever goes away. If anything, it intensifies as you learn more about the world and what's out there and what's happening and how other people are treating animals or rather mistreating in some cases. But in regard to Craigslist, yes, that is absolutely one of my big major hot buttons. It, it infuriates me.
1: So what did you do about it? You have a Facebook page.
6: I have a Facebook page, but uh, the Facebook page is only three weeks old. My uh, disdain, really, there's no other word for the Craigslist pet section, is really a few years old. And I guess I didn't know how to channel it or didn't know what to do. But for a very long time, I had been posting on my own, sort of taking this this responsibility of keeping pets safe on my uh, posting ads about. Uh, be careful about free to good home and, and, you know, back flagging ads that were backyard breeders and posting my own ads about that. But there was a lot of negativity. I, I didn't know right up front that I should be disabling replies. And I would get emails back from people saying, mind your own business and, you know, some other things that I can't repeat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, F you, mind your own business. I mean, really just some yeah horrendous. I, I-
1: Right. I've gotten the same thing, and they're four-letter words, so we won't say it on the show. But, yep, mind your own business because you know that now you know for sure that they're a backyard breeder, right?
6: Absolutely. Those are the people that email back. The other people will say thank you. But you get far and – those are far and few between. But um, I started a petition. I have a petition on change.org, and it's called – it's the same as my uh, Facebook page, Craigslist. permanently delete your pet section. So that's the name of my petition on change.org and my Facebook page, both of them. And so I started this petition back, I think, I want to say January. It was probably at the time as a result of just being super frustrated with Craigslist month after month, year after year. and, And, you know, they say no pet sales, but of course every other ad is from a backyard breeder asking for a rehoming fee, quote unquote. And I just sort of had it. And I said, I get all these petitions that people ask me to sign. I'm putting up a petition. And and I did. And to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it. And uh, it wasn't until some other things changed in my life. Um, I moved back home to Michigan and, sort of, and I resurrected that you know what it was. It was, uh, I hate to even say this, but... The Yulin Dog and Cat Meat Festival is what mm. got me back in.
1: Okay, talk about uh, that. People don't know what that is.
6: It, You know, there aren't enough adjectives to describe how horrific and heinous and any abuse that we've seen here in the United States doesn't, it, it pales in comparison to what these animals go through. Um, millions of dogs and cats are slaughtered, each year in China mm-hmm. but to mark the summer solstice in Yulin and I can't it's I, I can't remember the province but China's so big but it this happens everywhere but to mark the summer solstice they have this festival they call it where for three four five six seven days whatever it is they cart in these dogs and cats many of whom have been stolen are stolen pets still wearing their collars Uh, and they're they're slaughtered, but the the, the part that has outraged animal lovers around the world is the way they're slaughtered because the Chinese believe that the more horrific and traumatic the death, the tastier and uh, the more tender the meat, and the better, the more nutrients it has. And so, you know, I'm going to be graphic here. I'm going to warn you.
1: Sure. But
6: they beat them in the heads with hammers. The lucky ones go unconscious, mm-hmm. but they never mean to kill them because, again, their whole point is torture. They burn mm-hmm. them, skin them, and then boil them alive. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen video. And that's something that you can never unsee. And... Um, so that, I was, I was involved in a, um, an Internet campaign to spread the word and spread awareness this year. And that when that was over, of course, it's never really over because it's going to happen again next year. Um, I had gained all this momentum, or I had all this momentum, and it had to go somewhere. And I thought, gosh, my, my petition. And so I resurrected my petition and built a Facebook page. And within two weeks, I had responses and comments from six different continents. Mm. I had reached 40,000 people worldwide with my page. And it was just, it was unbelievable. It was tremendous. And I i felt the love, you know.
0: Yeah. What is the tr- name of the festival again?
6: It's the Yulin, U- U-Lin, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. It's Y-U-L-I-N, Dog and Cat Meat Festival. Yeah. And it's held every year to mark the summer solstice.
1: And, and, it, and it's, it, it's, it, it's beyond words to me because I'm trying not to cry over here, Julie. What, what you're describing is what is wrong with people that they think it's acceptable to do this, these types of actions, whether it's to other people or to animals. There's something – it has. is the world all mentally ill in, in certain countries that you think that, that it's acceptable to abuse or torture um, any living thing?
6: you know, these people were raised this way, this is their culture, and don't get me wrong, not everyone in China is like this. There are, this is, these are the old school people that have been raised with this tradition, and the newer generation isn't like this. They don't they don't do this, and it's not accepted as a whole, as a nation, or as a country, rather. Um, but it, it's these outlying areas. The government even doesn't even say, it, you know, um, accept it. So, you know, we have the um, Humane Society International uh, that that's working towards, you know, getting it stopped every every day of every single year. And um, animal activists like you know Ricky Gervais, he's huge into into this. Um, he spreads the word to everyone, millions and millions of people across the globe. So if you if you're not familiar with that, or some of your listeners, they should tune into. To his his Facebook page his Twitter because he's a big animal lover
1: all right well before we go I want you to give out the name of your petition on change.org again please
6: okay sure uh, the name of my petition and my Facebook page is Craigslist semicolon permanently delete your pet section
1: Great. I want to thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to have you on again on a future show. I'd like to kind of keep this topic in the loop so people stay aware of it. Is that okay?
6: I have lots more to say, I'm sure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much. And thanks for joining me, Lori Zook, on the world of Lori Zook every week.